What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the E-Floor Explicit Podcast. I'm Corey. Today, I talk to lawyer John Phillips, who is representing Joe Exotic. This one is crazy. We talk about Tiger King the first season. We talk about Tiger King the second season, which highlights John Phillips and his, uh, his story with Don Lewis, who's Carol Baskin's ex-husband, um, with, with their family and him trying to figure that out. Um, he had a brilliant way of, of communicating and and um, you know putting out that story to everyone to shed more light on it. But we really dive deep into Season 2 of Tiger King, so stick around for this one. Don't forget to hit that like button and please subscribe to the channel. Hit that bell notification so you get notified every time that I put new shit out, which is every week. So get notified. Enjoy this episode of the E4 Explosive Podcast with John Phillips, the lawyer for Joe Exotic. Peace out. This episode of the E4 Explosive Podcast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment. Bravo Concealment is known for some of the best high quality and concealable holsters on the market. Located in the great state of Texas, they offer free shipping and unlimited lifetime warranty on all of their products and a 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't like the product. I've been using Bravo Concealment for my gun holsters ever since I got into guns, and the quality is by far, bar none, the top notch in the entire industry that I've seen. And right now, they're doing a buy one, get one free, plus free shipping, the 30-day money-back guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. On top of that, you, my friends, will get 10% off of any product, of any purchase on their website by using Explicit10. Use the code Explicit10 and you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from bravoconcealment.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the E4 Explicit Podcast. I'm Corey, and today we have John Phillips, who some of you may know from uh, Tiger King Season 2. He is a lawyer who uh, is now representing uh, the, the good old boy, Joe Exotic. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But but John, one, thanks for coming on. And two, if you could kind of give a little synopsis of who you are, uh, that would be great. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, before a lot of the world came to know me as, as Joe Exotic's lawyer and the guy on Tiger King 2 that summer, uh, I, I guess it's okay to be called compared to Better Call Saul. I like Better Call Saul. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I spent 20 years litigating against the president of the United States and, you know, on, on high profile cases without cameras. And so it, it's, it's a little much, hmm. but yeah, I've been practicing for 20 years, the last 10, my own firm, um, licensed in eight States, uh, started with Alabama, then moved to Florida. And then, you know, every time we got a high profile case, we went ahead and got a, a, a license in their state. And so now I've got eight law licenses and, and, you know, the last nine months or so I've represented Joe exotic, um, and became his lead attorney. And it's, it's, it's interesting personally, it's interesting professionally, even on Thanksgiving, um, before we went to dinner, my family was, was sitting around a hotel. We were in Seattle and, uh, visiting a friend and, and, you know, Joe called and my kids wished him happy Thanksgiving. And he was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or just finished eating his Thanksgiving peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so my kids said, you know, happy Thanksgiving, uncle Joe. Um, and that's, you know, that's the new normal. <laughs> oh my God. That's fucking crazy. Dude, Joe, yeah, that's, that's a crazy story. So your kids are, your family's like, I mean, I'm sure they're used to like your career, obviously, like you said, with high profile cases, but this is, this is, I wouldn't even say, I guess it's kind of high profile, but when I think of high profile, I'm thinking of like Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gate, like those right. kind of hope high profile. This is a different situation. No, it is very different. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's only high profile because we all, you know, because the, we were all affected by the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody knew who Joe was during the first, you know, large portion of this, you know, three years Tiger King filmed and they had different names for the documentary and different ideas about what it would be. And then they stumbled across Joe and this, this Joe, Joe exotic Carol Baskin rivalry. And, and what should we do with exotic animals? How should they be treated? Um, you know, what's PETA's role? And, you know, just, just kind of like my family, everybody was talking about on social media back in March of 2020. And my wife and I put the kids to bed 
and started watching it and then, you know, watch another episode and another episode and another episode. And I remember tweeting and I haven't deleted, it's still on there, but I remember tweeting, you know, every one of these idiots could have avoided some of these problems if they had just lawyered up to begin with. And I've said that to Joe, I said, I saw him last week. I said it to him like, you know, the old ounce of prevention, you know, kind of thing. If, if, if y'all had had competent legal counsel before you got involved with all this, um, you know, this never would have happened. I mean, Joe ultimately agreed to a million dollar judgment thinking he could bankrupt out of it. And that's led to a series of issues and, and setups and failures. And, and, you know, it's happened to every single one of the people in the tiger trade that were connected and it's it's unfortunate because it, it's funny, you know. There, there's we kind of like watching the circus or the you know the the wreck as you drive by, but these are real people's lives. And and you know one thing that that appeals to me, and it's I think it's why I, I do decent at what I do is I try to see the best out of anybody. Look, you know, there's this world, this particular Tiger King world has some of the best con men and hustlers. Um, and con women, frankly, uh, and hustlerettes as, as, the, as the world can have. Right. But some of them are parents. And, you know, they're, they're, there's a means to the end here that they were all trying to, to get to with and, and compete. Now, when you're, when you're setting somebody up fraudulently for a murder for hire uh, scheme or, or trying to take their property away, you know, there are lines that were crossed, but at some point, you know, my job wasn't to just continue to hate on somebody on social media or real life. It was to find out what the truth was. And so that's, that's where kind of life intersected with Tiger King too. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, I'm, I'm on the same page when it comes to when I was watching it. I mean, it couldn't have happened in a, a better time as far as the pandemic. I mean, no one had any other, any, anything else to do. I actually talked to, um, um what was his name uh anyway his dad he he wrote a book about his dad potentially being the zodiac um and his documentary on fox came out literally like right before tiger king uh they would have they would have cleaned up his all the awards and stuff if tiger king didn't come out but me and him were talking about this and we were talking about the 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 amount of you can't make this shit up sayings in uh, that i said while i was watching that that series especially season one it was like each episode i was like this has got to be fucking not real and it was and 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 what i what kills me man is like like i know the filmmakers at netflix have a of a duty and they want to you know get as many eyeballs on it as possible but they spend i mean this one was i think like four episodes season two they spent so many hours talking about Don Lewis, talking about you, talking about Ripper, talking about all this stuff. And they spent like five minutes at the end of season of episode four talking about the cats. And it's like, I don't know, to me personally, like I, I love animals. It's kind of like, damn, man, these people are like Jeff Lowe. Who's the, the guy that they uh, centered around in um, uh, Joe's friend, not friend, but the guy, the, the crazy fucking guy that like was uh, the feds pulled up to his house and they like took all of his animals and he went like Tim Stark. Yeah, yeah, like those guys, man. Like I don't know. He put the, all those animals in that back, uh, in that truck, in that box truck, in the back of his fields to try to hide them. I don't know, man. I, it's hard for me to have sympathy, even though I know they're people to, right. to to these types of people that just even Carol Baskins, honestly, like she just like you. I'm you're referring to women, even her. Like, what's the difference between her and Joe Exotic? You know what I mean? Like she has that a rescue. Right. And, and, yeah. and, you know, the, the, you got to go back to, to all of them have these, these interesting histories with the law. And so, the, you know, there's the Don Lewis stuff um, that I can't comment much on because we're, we, I also still represent Anne McQueen, who was Don's assistant and we've got a lawsuit against Carol. They, they left that narrative out, Yeah, but there's, you know, when Carol took over, wildlife on easy street so that was don lewis's part it was called yep right they 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 had an airbnb where they allowed you know these these cats to spend you know overnight with people and so she was into cub petting not just cub petting cub sleeping wow and so there's there's videos of it there's there's photos of 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 howard baskin at cub petting things and and you know it's 
everybody in this world, again, the Tiger King world has major hypocrisy that surrounds them. That's and nice. it was, it was all about kind of the gain um, and or the battle with the adverse side, right? At some point, um, the, when we know from 2014, years before all this happened, that Howard Baskin and the lead federal agent, Agent Bryant, were emailing each other, hey, we got to infiltrate Doc Annals, we got to infiltrate Joe Exotics Park and find something on them. We got to get rid of these guys. And Antle, you really couldn't do because he kept it close knit. He kept family in there, which is going to be the next three episodes about kind of his dysfunction. And then Joe was easier to infiltrate because, you know, he was trying to staff with, with people that also needed rescue. That's the way he puts it. And, and it, it just led to this series, you know, the, the first eight episodes in, in 2020 and then the five um, in 2021 and three more coming next week. Oh, wow. It's, it's just, it's, it's been this, this crazy thing. And I, I've, you know, even one of the producers asked one of the other producers, like, why is, why is John meeting all these people? Why, why is he spending time with Doc Yannel? Because I'm an attorney. Right. It's, it ain't, you know, it's not about fandom. It's about trying to understand the cat world because before all of this, you know, back 2020, early 2021, I didn't really think about it. I, I you know, it never, at some point in the, in, in the, kind of exploration of this case, you got to, you got to make decisions about cub petting, you know, um, you know, people, people make decisions every day about whether they want to be a vegan or a vegetarian or a, you know, pescatarian. I, I've always eaten meat, you know, yeah. like I've always, I, I, I like veal. I don't order it. Right. right. You know, there's some stigma around certain things. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably wearing a leather belt. I, yep. I'm wearing a leather belt and leather shoes right now. Right. And so it's, you know, we're all making these moral decisions and then you get thrown into this roller coaster of, of what's going on in the exotic animal industry and you're addressing, you know, different moral decisions that you never thought you'd have to think about or weigh. Right, right. Certainly if you've, if you've got to produce enough cubs to keep cub petting enterprises going, you have to think about the long range effect of that and what it's doing to the adult tigers once they age out. Right. Yeah. Especially those, I mean, tigers, you're talking about a species that is like limited in the wild period. So it's kind of, I think, isn't isn't there like more captive tigers than there are wild tigers or something like that? So I think that's right. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, like Doc Antle, he's another one. Uh, I reached out to him and he, he hit me back and he was one that kind of also turned my stomach a little bit just because like, like these people are making so, and people have been making money off of exotic animals and animals forever. Right. So it's nothing new. It's just really blown up now because of the documentary. And, and it's kind of like this underbelly of, of things. And it's kind of like my thing with Carol Baskin, I hit her up as well. Um, she told me she'll talk to, she'll do this in January. We'll see after all this shit comes out. Right, but, right. Um, but, but like with her too, it's like, she's trying to go the, the congressional way. She's trying to make, I feel like it's almost trying to make it look like, Oh, but what we're doing is okay. And just because the type of person that Joe Exotic is, you know, right. off the cuff, like crazy. I mean, you've seen the documentary. It's hard to kind of like defend him in certain ways as easy as it would be to defend her because, well, you know, but it's, I mean, you, you, we're seeing, and again, I've, I've seen these people's lives. Like I, right, I've, right, I've right. spent, I spent two hours with Joe last Friday in, in a federal prison and it's, you know, we're seeing the snowflakes on the tip of the, uh, on the tip of the iceberg as told by a documentary. Right. Right. You know, I've got literal hard drives. I don't think this is going to mess up. I've got literal hard drives and cell phones from, you know, Alan Glover and James Gerritsen and Joe and Jeff Lowe and, and all of them. And so I get to see some of the unfiltered moments and, you know, there's some sweet moments. Like, like I think they all get into it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And then it's a battle of, of economics and what happens with anything in life that you have too much of. Like, I mean, it's sure. anything in abundance is going to cause you problems, whether it's, you know, people 
gaining weight or people, you know, drinking too much or drugs or whatever it is. And when you have, you know, over a hundred wild animals trying to save uh, tigers, you get upside down. And so it's, it's, and then you have this competing interest of, of what we saw with the federal government and various, you know, PETA type organizations who had a ruthless by any means necessary uh, rivalry. And look, Joe's in prison. Um, Eric Cowie's died from the overconsumption of, of alcohol. This guy, Jeff Johnson, who was one of Agent Bryant's lead, lead witnesses, shot himself in the head in front of his wife. Um, another lady died, Brenda Varga. Um, you know, Joe's parents have both died. Like we've had a substantial amount of death and dismay since Tiger King. That's real. You don't, they don't get to come back. Um, and it's, it, you know, there's, there's real lives at stake here. Um, both of the human kind and the animal kind, but, but how ironic is it that the lead story is animals shouldn't be in small cages and the punishment is guess what? Let's put people in small cages. Right. Federal prison. I'll nourish them. And so it's okay, that, that's fine, PETA. We've we've taken care of you know your your lead target um for for mistreatment of exotic animals, but what about the most exotic animal of all, the human race? And it's you know, there's there's bigger questions that people need to contemplate. Right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. If you if you, and, and like you said, you, you kind of know them on a more personal level i'm a filmmaker i totally get a magic of editing how it can make someone look like a saint and someone look like a piece of shit and i think you know the documentary i don't know them any of these people personally so i don't know how they really are so i can't speak on that but um, let's talk a little bit about kind of you know you how, how did you get involved in all this you said you and your wife were watching it and just probably in amazement like what the hell is this how did you because you were representing don, uh, don lewis's family for right. uh, moment and i want to touch on if i can just the documentary part of that yeah um, yeah yeah that was I, i'll give you kudos in a minute about the 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 way you handled the media i thought it was brilliant actually um but the uh how did you get involved with all this shit man? Yeah, so you know we, we go from march of 2020 watching the darn thing to me literally sitting you know right here where i am answering the phone and it was don lewis's granddaughter's fiance guy named dustin and dustin called left a message with my office and said hey um you know my my fiance's grandfather went missing his name's don lewis and i was like i know who that is sounds familiar. I, I've, I've, i saw the show yeah and i'm like somebody just make sure that's not a prank call because you know every once in a while we'll get some some weird ones that come through mm-hmm. but we get high profile cases. You know, we, we, we have cases against Steve-O and YNW Melly. And, you know, I represent, I've represented Terrell Owens and like, we have, you know, Omarosa versus Trump, we have high profile litigation. And so, you know, the next thing I know, I'm talking to Dustin and he tells this compelling story that really was only just tiny bit of Tiger King one. Right. And the, I meet with the family over the phone actually talked to Ripper over the phone and uh, they drive from Tampa to Jacksonville. We have a meeting in our conference room and all three daughters and the legal assistant agree to, or uh, executive assistant agree to retain me. And so, you know, off we went. And at that point in time, and some of this, look, I, I, I don't know why they started my introduction with let's make a deal. It was a little weird, but I get it, you know, in documentary filmmaking, you know, kind of gotta be entertaining. Yeah. And so, and I look, I I'm I'm proud. Look, I dressed up like Alexander Hamilton to to give an okie doke to Wayne Brady, who was Aaron Burr in the Chicago cast of Hamilton. It was, it was kind of a let's see if he chooses, you know, Alexander Hamilton to talk about himself. You know, I'm sure he did. Right. Um, and so um so you know off we went you know and and much said about the media but at the time that i was hired i was i was retained to do a press conference retained to do dateline retained to do 48 hours and manage you know manage the media aspect and then had this bright idea to do this commercial 
um, you know, has anybody, does anybody know what happened to Don Lewis? And it was just a, a commercial that was supposed to run in Tampa and Jacksonville. And the next thing we know, it, you know, national um, stopped it from airing where it was supposed to air, reviewed it. And then we're told circulated in more markets and then got it over to GMA. And, you know, the next thing I know, we're, we're talked about on Howard Stern and everything. And so the family had a billboard where it was, you know, I, I still don't know who funded the reward, but um, the family had the billboard. And my whole thing was, you know, if you're going to have a billboard and you're going to, you're going to put up this, this news campaign, you want the billboard covered on the news, well, let's make it national, not local. And so, you know, next thing we know, um, it's super national and um, the family was a, you know, a, a, a Shire family. We did a couple interviews. Uh, most of the stuff was just resounding the commercial. And I did an interview with Tiger King and they, they asked me, had I ever done a criminal background check on Ripper? And I said, no, he was hired before me. And I'll leave it at that. You know, there, there's more to the story um, that Tiger King left out. And, you know, there were some tense conversations and, and who's doing what and for what and who's getting credit. And, you know, I got an email from, from the lead daughter and she fired me and hasn't spoken to me since she fired me. And um, Ann McQueen, you know, Don's assistant kept me and we filed a lawsuit and, 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 you know, for defamation and it proceeded with that. And, you know, kind of like I say in the show, Joe um, saw our commercial and, you know, kind of like the moxie sent me an email and, you know, you got to basically get requested to be on a, a prisoner's list. Mm -hmm. And so I emailed him back and we emailed about a hundred, 200 times um, between like January and March, January and February. I went a couple weeks before March. I think he announced me March 1st as being retained. And, you know, the first few months, it was kind of the, the hurricane of dealing with Joe and, and Team Tiger and all the, all the mess coming off the pardon, which I never really liked. Yeah, um, that was crazy. You don't, you know, you got to exhaust legal remedies, but Trump's going to Trump, you know, you never know. Um, and then, you know, by May, June, July, we were making some progress with, with witnesses. Um, August, September, October, Tiger King's, you know, filming a lot. And, and, you know, we're getting these affidavits. And then, you know, we were just kind of waiting for Tiger King to get out of our lives, so to speak, so that we could finish off the work that we were doing, um, you know, off camera. And, you know, right at the end there, the last scene that we filmed was, was that scene, I've got the wire actually right up there where we find, you know, the wire and one piece they, they left out was the wire was actually found by the trailer that Alan said it would be. He, he said trailer one and trailer one was, depends on what year was where trailer one was. Right. So about the razor two, wire. Two trailer ones. Yeah. But, you know, there it was the exact length color and description he he described and you know there was no other wire by that fence um there was two links right by you know where we found and i have a bunch of holsters from bravo and one of them is the inside the waistband holster so this goes inside the waistband if you want to conceal carry also swap it out here outside the waistband so this outside the waistband is actually like hella thin and you can see kind of like how how close to the body it can get you could take this on the range um you, you can probably conceal this and comfortably do it with you know a hoodie over top or whatever if you want to open carry um it's up to you they also send out mag pouches right so you can throw in an extra mag you're going to the range you don't have to unload and reload every single time you got a little uh little hollow point moment. They come in handy if you're on the range, like I said, or if you're concealed carry and you're one of those people that are got to have a lot of mags or whatever, um, you know, whatever, whatever your cup of tea is. 
They also send you these really cool pamphlets. They go into great details in these brochures of how to wear things properly, safety mechanisms, and all the features that all of these holsters have as well. So they really focus on educating their customers, which when it comes to guns, safety and education are number one. They don't have any left-handed holsters except for the Glock 19. I'm a lefty, but the right-handed holsters are so dope and they're so comfortable and concealable that I don't really give a shit. Just learn how to shoot with my right hand. And right now they're doing a buy one, get one free, plus free shipping, the 30-day money-back guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. On top of that, you, my friends, will get 10% off of any product, of any purchase on their website by using Explicit10. Use the code Explicit10 and you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from bravoconcealment.com. You know, here's the guy who said he committed perjury and, you know, had a plot to kill to kill Joe. And, you know, we've since corroborated that with other people. And, and you know, that's a big deal. And, and the point that I point out, you know, spoiler alert, by the way, the point that I point out in the show is a significant one that, you know, it's not just that they plan to kill Joe. It's the fact that I kind of do this on the show that they use the exact same strategy. You know, Alan Glover's strategy to kill Carol as he testified was to chop her head off as she rode her bike down the path. Mm-hmm. Alan's strategy is, is to kill Joe was to chop his head off as he rode his four wheeler down his path. Mm-hmm. So not I mean, coincidence. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, off we've gone, we've got a resentencing coming up in January. Um, and then we've got some dispositive motions to try to either overturn his conviction or, or get a new trial. Wow. And now would that be a jury trial? Yeah. If he has another trial, it technically would be a jury trial. Um, you know, we don't know how they can retry it. If, if, you know, you got Eric Cowie, who was one of their lead witnesses, has passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, James Gerritsen, Alan Glover, Jeff Lowe, Lauren Lowe, John Rinke have all testified now on behalf of Joe. Mm-hmm. There's, there's your no witness case. list yeah. that, have, that have essentially flipped in some respect. Right. And so I invite the trial. I'll, I'll, I'll do that one. Let's schedule a time in March or April. I'll go try that thing right now. Right. Um, you know, because we've got a substantial, I mean, we've gotten hundreds of recorded phone calls, hundreds. It was hard to get through them all. Right. And, you know, none of that um, was produced prior to, to our involvement. And Hmm. so it's, you know, the things you hear an FBI agent talk, talk through with, with confidential informants and, and people they're working with, um, you know, is pretty disturbing because it's, again, the, the main thing to people to realize is, is, is the federal government was there before the murder for hire happened. You know, they had this meeting um, at, at this restaurant in Ardmore, Oklahoma, uh, between Agent Brian and, and James Garrettson. And James just wanted to talk about the animal stuff and, and, and Brian wanted to talk about murder for hire because this, this person that was on the park, they talk about it briefly, Ashley Webster, mm-hmm. um, you know, had, had, had supposedly gotten a death threat um, or, or had been told to go actually be the hit woman yep. by Jeff Lauren and Joe, as she tells the story. And she was on the park four days and then kicked off. And so she called Carol. Right. And to so, warn her, I think is what they said on the, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so off, you know, off we go. Um, but there's so much more to the story. You know, Alan Glover has testified that he and he and Ashley Webster had a had a personal relationship, a, a, a very personal relationship while they were at the park. So, again, are we talking about coincidences? Why are the hit woman and the hit man, you know, having a having a, a, a personal relationship? Right. That's odd. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Jeff brought that up to the federal agent, Jeff Lowe. And Jeff Lowe said, don't talk about this in writing. And so there's just so many little things that never saw the light of day. You know, we only saw what five, eight, eight, eight to 12 hours of Tiger King Mm -hmm. of thousands of hours of reality. Well, here we only saw five days of court, um, you know, 10, seven days of court of, of thousands of hours of reality. And the, the whole thing was to get Joe put away. 
and they did. You know, it worked because nobody knew who he was. Nobody cared. And that, you know, he had public defenders who just kind of, and, you know, now we're looking back at it and, and get to pick through it. And fortunately, the criminal justice system does allow us to do that. That's crazy, man. That's, that, that is, uh, I wanted to go back to the, the Don Lewis thing with your, your, the, with the way that you handled the, the media thing. I thought, didn't you, whose decision was that to air the, that commercial during, um, dancing with the stars that Carol Baskin was on. Yeah. So it, so, uh, you know, we don't do commercials very often as a law firm. Um, like, like once every three years, we'll put on like a PR spot. We, right. we, we made some uh, hand sanitizer, you know, back when COVID started and did like a, a community ad PSA about hand sanitizer. Right. So one of our, uh, one of our ad reps locally reached out to us and said, Hey, do you want to do a commercial during dancing with the stars? Like but logical. I was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't want to do really a commercial. That's a good idea. And yeah. so I talked to my team about a PSA kind of thing and talked to the family. And I mean, from, from concept to, to turn and, you know, you know, in the, in the film industry, how quick, um like we didn't even have time to hire anybody we took our 4k handy cam that's why it's kind of grainy yeah and ran down to do it the audio we only had one live mic like it was assistance misspelled in one of the yeah one of the versions like it was so quickly turned um because we had like 24 hours to shoot and produce the thing that but we didn't think anybody would really see it. Right. You, know, you it was didn't like think that was going to blow up. Market. Yeah. And so we, we, we subbed the commercial a couple of times. Um, like I got assistant spelled right by the time it went on YouTube. <laughs> um, but it was, it was just kind of a, a, a look, a, a few thousand dollars to produce an air in the Tampa market to, to give a boost to the hotline number. And, you know, we, it was supposed to be in the first block, the first regional ad in the first block in both the Jacksonville and Tampa markets. And I was sitting there with my phone, you know, watching and nope. And second block, nope. Third block, nope. Now I'm texting my, like, come on. What, yeah, what's going guys, on? I paid this money. And they said, well, National has it and they're looking at it. I'm like, well, shit, what do we do? And, uh, and, you know, closer to when it was time for Carol, they pop it on and it immediately, I mean, I, it's, I think it's got over a million watches on YouTube. It does. But it, it immediately went crazy and your TMZ picked it up. And I've always been a Howard Stern guy. And, and, you know, to hear one of my friends text me said, Howard Stern's airing your commercial right now. <laughs> and, uh, and look, you, 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 you set up a billboard, you set up a hotline. I'll, I'll argue until I'm, I'm blue in the face. You want people to see that. Of and course. So um, again, it was kind of used against me, but the contrary where I didn't get to defend myself and I'm, 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 I'm going to take the high road. I do want them to find out what happened to Don, but cameras, Tiger King cameras were filming, you know, all of us at every moment around that time. They were in the most private of meetings that you could imagine. Mm -hmm. Was it really about cameras? You know, it's, it's, you know, Ripper to his credit um, has made a name for himself with his YouTube show. You know, it's, it's, he's, he's still doing his thing um, and, you know, has a cameo out of it. Well, good, good. You know, I hope he makes money, you know, it's it, but, but, you know, it was never really about necessarily, you know, too many cameras or, or it just, it, it, it bothered me, but on the same token, um, you know, there was a falling out between me and the Tiger King producers around that same time because it, we couldn't control the edit. And at some point, I think if the family's honest to themselves, they can't like what happened to Don Lewis and Tiger King too. What they the, can't. With the psychic and shit. The psychic and shit, and the, you know, the 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 underage girlfriend in Costa Rica, and like if that's my dad, 
Mike would rather that all stay out, you know, yeah. just keep it internal. And so, you know, it, it, you can control sound bites on Dateline. Mm-hmm. Um, you can control sound bites on 48 hours and, and st- even podcasts like this. Like, mm-hmm. look, I, I know it's all fair game because we're, we're rolling. Right. But I control what I say. Exactly. If you say when, something, that's on you. When you're, you know, when you have cameras following you around in your day-to-day life, telling you to act normal and, and, you know, putting guys like the, you know, the psychic in your path, things are going to happen. Right. And we knew they were going down to Costa Rica and we knew at the time what that meant. Right. And there was a, a substantial section left out of Tiger King too, where, um, the family and the producers go to the Dozier school for boys, of a former Florida reform prison where boys were abused and, and sexually abused. And they told part of Don's story there to kind of give it context to why he was in the way he was, mm-hmm. Well, I was left out. And right. so, um, you know, it, it, to this day, you know, that if they talk about tiger King three, I'm not sure if we're going to do it. Like it's, it's what's in Joe's best interest. What's in my best interest. I'm asked to do press conferences and, and, and press all the time daily. Yeah. And I just, I haven't done this. I don't think I've done a single press conference in Joe's case yet. Right. Um, you know, there's just the, the press will be done when I carry him out on my shoulders from federal prison. Right. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. No. And it's funny because you, like they kind of portrayed you in that way. And that it's funny you say it's better call sound because they, in the documentary they portrayed you as like in the beginning you were like this like knight in shining armor and then by the time the episodes were over they were running you kind of being like oh like this like person in a dunce hat in a corner like yeah. that's how i felt how i viewed it and yeah. they were kind of like making it seem like you were you know only care like the family was talking about like oh you only cared about the media and stuff like that and i like i was saying earlier is i thought that was the best way to get you know, the word out. I mean, look what, right. look what Netflix has done with just the Tigers King season one. So it would only make sense to kind of go that route to get as many eyeballs as possible. Right. On the story. I don't well, know. That was, was, that was where the rubber met the road. And right. there, there have been people, including people within team tiger, Joe's own team, the people you saw episode one, season two, that signed exclusive exclusivity deals with Tiger King. Hmm. It always bugged the crap out of me that Joe's private investigator guy, Eric Love, had an exclusive deal with, with Tiger King. With Netflix. Yeah, with Netflix. And so we're the production company, right, Eric right. Good Production. And so it it it's like, well, how can you how can you just listen to them? when we have no editorial control, how is that in the best interest of the client? Right. I get, you know, I get the other side where you're, where you're, you know, best friends with, with TMZ and, you know, have Harvey on speed dial. That's gross too. Right. But it's, you can't have, you know, to run a case, you can't have all your eggs in any one basket. Again, it goes back to this thing I said about, about, you know, moderation. You gotta, you gotta use media in moderation. True. Um, and, and, you know, this, this case, you know, Joe's case is a little different when it comes to a media strategy, because you don't, there is no jury trial yet. You know, what we're doing to some extent is almost an anti-defamation campaign showing that what was said about him, whether Tiger King won or in trial or by Pete's, Pete's release or Carol Baskin, um, is either untrue or part of a, a larger false narrative. Right. And, you know, you, you, that's, that's the issue. Um, but, you know, Carol's been hounding Joe for, for 10 years, following him with a PR agent um, because of his, you know, his, his, his mall shows. And so you just got to consider the source with all of this. They both, they all had a lot at stake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's, it's where it's the hypocrisy that always drove me crazy. Cause how could somebody have an Airbnb, you know, with Bobcats or servals or whatever it was where you literally have people stay overnight with large cats 
and then take a, such a moral high ground. Right. Um, she's bought cats before. She she tells her story that that's she where she started. To. She's had to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Buying these cats. Her diary. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, look, let's, you know, kind of like I said in my press conference, it was a longer press conference, but look, let's, let's, let's try to get the story straight. And if we have to, that quote, you know, let's, 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 we got one shot and then, and then we'll sue. That's a paraphrase of Abraham Lincoln. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, um, you know, first we ought to try to encourage our clients to compromise. And if the compromise doesn't work, if mediation isn't a appropriate strategy, then let's litigate. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, I basically took Abraham Lincoln and Better Call Saul and put it together, soundbited it together um, in the middle of a, you know, a, a 10 minute speech. Right. But, you know, it's, I get it. You know, it's, it's fair game. Um, I was in another documentary called The Armor of Light about, about um, Jordan Davis, this, this young man killed over loud music. And in that one, they did kind of the same thing. I had this, you know, YouTube video or, or Facebook video where I talk about, um, you know, the, the di a disc injury. And all the doctors will describe a, the disc in the human spine as like a donut, you know, very hard on the ridges and, and soft material. And if the donut material oozes out, that then you have a bulging or herniated disc. Right. And so I explained disc materials on this just stupid video and then I eat the donut and here I'm watching Armor of Light, you know, this Abbey Disney production and they got me eating a donut. And they got you the know? clip it's on like, there. I, I get it. I, I get that's part of, you know, part of the character buildup or, right. or parody of, of documentary. And I understand that. I, I had to tell people, look, please don't stop at episode two. Please watch four and five because you're going to see me make a hitman cry and you know do some good investigative work right um you know consider my entire body of work on tiger king please right no i, I agree with you and i think also that's the other thing i wanted to ask about is the so much like the the credibility right we talked earlier about the case that you know if if the government or whoever is prosecuting joe if they if they wanted to do a retrial it's like all of the people that went against joe are now you have affidavits that basically they're countering what they said initially, but in the beginning anyways, I feel like a competent lawyer, if Joe had it at that time, would have been able to pick those people apart anyways, because they're not really legit, not that they're not legit, but they're, they're just not credible witnesses. I mean, and then now that they flipped, how do you think that's going to work aside from them? Obviously not, you know, they all in the documentary, they're like, Joe shouldn't be in jail. Da, 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 da. Like how, A, how did you get all them to sign affidavits and flip? And B, do you think that's going to help you because of the type of people that they've been portrayed to be, you know? Yeah. Again, I, I, I can't say that I personally like everybody that I've met, you know, but I, I get them. I, I see, I see their kind of master plan. Right. Some of them were motivated by, you know, by the fact that Joe, um, you know, wasn't the greatest to all the animals in the animal kingdom that he encountered. Um, you know, but it, ultimately every single one of them seemed to have a change of heart about, okay, but did he, did he truly commit murder to hire? Right. Um, no, he didn't. And, and so it, it, it started, um, you know, I, I had reached out to Jeff Lowe originally when I represented the family because we were trying to figure out. So Joe, you know, Joe was Carol Baskin's number one nemesis. Part of the reason that he got treated the way he did is because he was a, a loud mouth as it relates to Carol Baskin and Don Lewis, you know, the, I saw a tiger video where, you know, a replica Carol Baskin is feeding, you know, meat to a tiger. Yep. Um, purportedly Don Lewis, it is just sensational craziness. He, and imagine yeah. if that were you, you'd be like, I, I got to get rid of this guy. Like of this course. is not doing me well. Right. And so, you know, 20 years of that, 10 years of that. And so, um, you know, Jeff and I had spoken about me just kind of coming and checking out the park and seeing if I could find any boxes related to Joe. And 
he invited me there. And then as Jeff Lowe's prone to do, took to Facebook the next day to brag that the family of Don Lewis was, um, you know, coming to need his help. I was like, brah, like, no, I, I just, I really do try to operate, you know, under the radar unless we have a mission to serve. And so I was like, I just, I can't do this, Jeff. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. And he basically told me to go F myself that he's going to, you know, run his social media as he likes. I was like, fine, go ahead. And so, um, you know, Jeff was, you know, at some point realized, you know, the enemy of the enemy is my ally. Mm -hmm. At some point, James, Jeff, um, not really Alan, um, but, but Rinky, uh, Lauren Lowe, even some of the people that whose names that haven't been in Tiger King realized that all of them were being persecuted. If, if you go back to Joe's trial, you, you, you see evidence linking to, to, to everybody being propositioned to either be on team government or team Joe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even somebody like John Finley, who was Joe's ex-husband, um, you know, the FBI approached and said, look, we've got, we've got, we've got bestiality videos. Shit. Are you kidding me? Um, and so he's like, look, you know, we're either going to prosecute you for bestiality or you're going to be on team. You got to be on team government. Right. But look, if, if we're protecting animals for fuck's sake, then don't give somebody, right. Don't give somebody clemency or leniency if they're doing that. Yeah. And, and with so, that too, if you you're going to. Yeah. It was, you know, other types of animal sales, other types of animal abuse, other types of, you know, gun possession, all these crimes that the government was like, look, we'll make all this go away. Um, but you got to get, we got to get Joe. And at some point they got Joe and then, you know, the Vegas authorities come for, 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 for Jeff and mm -hmm. the federal government, you know, sues Jeff and, you know, James is constantly dealing with, with, you know, Carol's backlash or the, or the, or the USDA's backlash or, you know, the federal government's backlash. Um, and so they finally realized to some extent that if nothing else, I'm trying to understand why the, the imbalance of power exists at the level that it exists. And it keeps coming back to, um, you know, these, these GFAS sanctuaries, um, this guy named Dan Ash, who, who now runs the American Zoological Association, uh, who used to be a U.S. Fish and Wildlife. And, you know, this core group of people that have politically aligned for the Big Cat Safety Act and, and to see roadside zoos abolished. But meanwhile, where do you think the, the, the zoos, the, the public zoos, the zoos that are like in our city, where do they get their animals? Right. Do we care? Or yeah. do we, you know, it's, it's at some point, again, it, it, if we're going to ask the tough questions and, and it leads all the way back up to how we're treating our people, mm -hmm. um, you know, let's, let's not just, let's not just be moral in isolation. You know, let's not be hypocrites. Right. I agree with you. I think that, like the zoos and, and stuff like that, if you're going to do it to one group of people that most for the most part don't really have like the means you know got like feeding them the walmart meat to the tigers and stuff right. like that like a zoo at least would have like the means to give better care but at the same time it's literally the same concept i mean the zoo and I, I live i'm from dc and the smithsonian's all the museums the zoo everything's free but don't get it twisted those smithsonian makes money right. so it's like yeah the zoo's free you can take a jog and you can see some tigers but it's still fucked up like long-term lease on pandas you we, we have to lease our pandas in True. this country yeah and so we're, we're 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 shipping them all the way to the united states on these long-term leases yeah. but yet under the you know under the endangered species act we can't barter or sell for you know, where's the line yeah you know, it's very Jack great Hanna, when i grew up watching david letterman and jay leno jack Hanna taught me more about animals probably than anybody else. And, right. and you saw the majestic nature of them. Yep. And now Jack Hanna went from hero to zero because this is a species of cub petting. Right. And, you know, you're not supposed to do this. And, you know, it's, it's, 
so you know it's like this it's where cancel culture and the endangered species act and and all of that meet and i don't get me wrong i i agree there's there's problems with it if if anything in abundance you know is a problem right and if if six month old tigers are being put down um you know one side you know the tim stark element would say well that's a property right um you know the the PETA side would say absolutely not that's just unnecessary mistreatment of animals Mm -hmm. i I see both sides of it but somewhere in the middle is true they are property you know it's it's you know how we treat my god how you know how we treat um you know dogs how we treat homeless right now we treat our homeless man our veteran homeless yeah and so it's it's just you know we just get these isolated tangents that 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 i get we can't we can't do everything all at once you know but good grief man yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that too, man. I, uh, Steve Irwin, it was, it was Steve Irwin for me. I know yeah, yeah. Hannah now, but yeah, Irwin, he's conservation and all that stuff. And it's like, what are you going to, I mean, he's dead, but like, you're going to, every good thing that they've done, are you going to take away all that too? It's, it is, it's a very gray area, you know, especially when you got animals, man, you're pulling on people's heartstrings and feelings and stuff like that. It's a definitely a slippery slope. Um, I took a picture with a koala bear. And like, oh, four, you know, I, I, I saw, I grew up watching Steve Irwin and, yeah. and Crocodile Dundee and the whole thing. Couldn't wait for this dream trip to Australia. And you better damn believe as soon as they throw a, a koala bear in my arms, I snapped it. a picture and fed yeah. a, fed a kangaroo. Yeah. And it's like, that's the money I paid to do that did go to help. Exactly. One hope, yeah. you, you know, the, the protection of the species. And so there's, there's again, you know, Joe's Joe's far from perfect. Joe's far from you know fully innocent, but taking there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of his show on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There's minutes and minutes and minutes of him, you know, threatening Carol. Right. Usually when he needed a rating search. Right. He shouldn't have done it. Yeah. He's a bonehead. But does that but mean he did what they does that he mean did? that this was all a murder for hire plot? I mean, she says it half the time that she's constantly getting death threats. And, you know, she 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 posted one the other day on her TikTok about about somebody that painted, you know, Carol's a con or something. Right. And and, you know, how she she gets death threats. Then that's you know, then it's not just Joe. Right. Um you know, maybe it's just your attitude to some extent, you know, maybe it's because you're, you know, sometimes your righteous indignation might offend other people. Right. Moderation, you know, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Comes down to moderation. No, I, I, uh, I don't know what the fucking thing is. I think it's, I think obviously Netflix helped out with the, the magnifying what happened with joe and, and carol for sure um i'm gonna a couple more questions and i'll let you yeah. you know get out of here i know you're busy yeah. as fuck um so first of all you mentioned earlier that you had high profile cases i did not know that i thought you were a personal injury lawyer and i was i was curious because i'm like how the fuck does a personal injury lawyer get to be able to represent on a federal case i, I don't know how any of that works i'm genuinely yeah. asking well, the, you know, the, the original case, again, was a wrongful death case. That's what I'm known for is civil wrongful death. Um, I've got a $495 million jury verdict in Florida for, for a, a teenager that was shot. Um, and, you know, Jordan Davis was kind of my first high profile case, which, which happened right after Trayvon, which was a, a young black kid pulled up at the gate gas station locally and was shot and killed over an argument that started with loud music. Mm-hmm. And Michael Dunn, the killer, now sits in prison for the rest of his life. And, uh, and, you know, he left the scene, never called cops and just, you know, said, stand, stand your ground after the fact. This is in Florida. So, so yeah. In Florida, exactly. And right. so, um, you know, we had Howard Schneider, who was a, a serial pediatric dental abuser, just ripped kids teeth out, would strap them down and rip their teeth out for medical oh fraud. Um, you know, a series of civil cases and, you know, Joe called and my first warning was, Hey bud, like I'm a storyteller. And at the end of the day, trial lawyers are storytellers. That's mm. what we're trained to do. You have to be. And, you know, getting the affidavits 
getting the narrative right is a part of any story. Now, we have a team of, of high, very high-end criminal defense lawyers and criminal appellate lawyers that are assisting us with the heavy lifting when it comes to, to that side. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's like uh, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, trying to shoot a free throw. There's some things that you're just not going to get me to do. But when it comes to, you know, slamming, slamming a ball home, you know, getting an affidavit, um, Translate, I got yeah. it. You, you know, I, the it, storytelling, yeah. the, the marketing, um, you know, that stuff I can do. And it's, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a high-end commercial litigation lawyer, but when Omarosa was being sued by Trump's campaign uh, over NDA, over her NDA, Omarosa was, you know, we met on a set of a TV show um, and she lives here in Jacksonville, Florida now. And she hired me and, and we beat Trump and he's got to pay my attorney's fees now. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't been your traditional career for sure. Um, I do a lot of car wrecks. I, I don't, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I enjoy going to trial with somebody catastrophically injured and helping them find justice and tell right. their story. Um, but it, there's, you know, there's something about, uh, you know, 97% of my cases, you'll never hear about, I right. gotta make the news. You know, we're just, we're just over here working. If I, if I tilt, you know, you'll just see the files that I have on the floor that nobody's going to ever, you know, know their name mm -hmm. that every time I do one of these, I move it from my desk over here and then I'll move it back and get to work. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, there's, there's just something about Joe. Um, you know, what, what I, I, I did a Ted talk and I, and I talk about how me as a white guy from Mobile, Alabama, uh, was always in a bubble and never really um, encountered race, right? It was just never something that I gave two, two thoughts about because I was privileged and didn't see, you know, racist stuff, didn't see non-racist stuff, you know, just kind of floated along as a kid. Mm. Um, and, you know, then my bubble was kind of popped by the family and realized, oh, it's all around me. There's systemic racism, what's going on in courts, what's going on in society, what's going on with economic deprivation. And, you know, Lucy Jordan's mom is now U.S. Congresswoman Lucy McBath, went all the way from, you know, her son's death to being a U.S. Congresswoman. Oh. Ron is running around the country, you know, trying to make the world a better place. And they both held my hand and kind of taught me what my naive about me was. And, and there's a TED talk about it. And, you know, to Joe's credit, he's kind of doing that with me in the criminal justice system. Hmm. You know, what we're doing to our inmates, um, you know, how we're keeping them deprived from adequate counsel and from communication. Right. Me trying to communicate with Joe privately is one of the hardest things because there's recorded calls, there's recorded emails, there's recorded mail you know, we have some limited exceptions if we jump the right, right hoops. But even Friday, um, he has legal mail for me. He can't just give it to me. And because he brought it into the room where we were meeting, one of the guards said that they get to look at it. Hmm. And so I'm like, well, all right, you know, I, I guess like, what's, what's the rule. I need a judge right here, right now to decide. Yeah. But, you know, why do you get to look at, our private communications and violate privilege um, when we've always been separated by a partition. There was right. not even a chance for me to hand him anything. Right, right. And so it's it's just there's so much disadvantage, and you know, kind of like I was naive about race. I, I was I was naive about the criminal justice system. You know, just if somebody's in jail, they must have done something wrong. Right. Well, no, not always. Um, and it's it's. It's it's why I'm passionate about Joe's case and and you know he's he's a he's a good guy. Again, my kids have never seen Tiger King. They've seen little clips that will show, um, but it's not it's obviously not ten year old friendly. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but it's but you know they they they're there at home when I get calls sometimes, and it's it's you know Uncle Joe and and uh, you know they're gonna have a 
uh, a little gift from Santa Claus of, of, you know, something, you know, something, you know, that we have, like we got lots of little bobbleheads and action figures and stuff around that people send us. Um, right. It's, it's, it's my new normal. It's weird. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's Joe, you know, at the end of the day, we've got, we've got hours and hours of work every day um, on Joe's case and other cases. And, and, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're, if we're not getting the work done, we're going to get fired just like anybody else. Right. That's true. Uh, well, uh, two more questions. I'll let you get yeah. here. One is, do, has Joe's tune changed, changed since he's been kind of like, full circle he's he's had tigers in cages and now he's in a cage himself from what i've seen in press conferences and documentaries and stuff it seems like he has kind of realized like damn that was wrong i don't want to do that anymore has he kind of changed his tune when it comes to that kind of stuff he gets it you know at the end of i think at the episode five Mm -hmm. of tiger king two season two um he says that you know Mm -hmm. he's he spent so much time in the shoe the solitary holding unit um for for sometimes petty little violations that they're throwing him in for 60 days at, at a time into into isolation in the solitary confinement and it's so bad on mental health generally but for somebody gregarious who loves people it's it's torture mm-hmm. and so you know joe has seen what it's like to be in in small cages and you know that's fine people can say karma or or whatever but at some point if you're really, if you're really out for, um, you know, the, the humane treatment of, of animals, we got to focus on people too. And what's going on in the criminal justice system. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad he's kind of, I saw that in the episode and I was like, I'm glad he's at least acknowledging it. And because if he can have a voice to kind of, I think he's got a, a good platform now to where he can kind of yeah. say some good things and kind of, you know, turn his, his image around too. Um, but as far as he goes is, cause I know there, we talked about this in email, but his, there was a report that came out that he has aggressive cancer and they moved him from, I don't know where he was, what state he was in, but, um, oh yeah, moved him to, uh, North Carolina, I believe it was, is, do you have any update on that? Is he, is it really aggressive or is he, how's he doing? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, limited ability to talk too much about it. I, I can release what he's released and, mm-hmm. and it's essentially um, an aggressive stage two, potentially higher um, treatable cancer. Now, again, the limited options of treatment in the federal prison system are not ideal. You can't get proton therapy. No. Um, you know, you're, you're stuck with old school radiation. Um, uh, you know, to get radiation he needs to spend 40 something days, preferably consecutive, you know, under in, in, in the tube getting radiation, but he also needs to spend time in Oklahoma for a sentencing within the next two months. And so, you know, Joe's, Joe's got this, this terrible razor's edge choice of justice and health. That's unfair for any human to have to make. Right. And, and, you know, thankfully, um, you know, we're, we're, we're moving, you know, there's been, so there's this cryptocurrency called the T-King coin. And when they, when they set it up, Joe got 1% of all holdings. And so, or it's, it's saved for him in a wallet. And so it is earmarked for his health and it's earmarked for his, his prison fund. And so, you know, from that, he's been able to hire experts. Um, We've been able to get some medical consultants and, you know, but for that, like every inmate doesn't have that ability. To exactly. Have Not everyone's right? Joe exotic. You yeah. Know? yeah. And yeah. so it's, it's, it's crazy. The deprivation that they can put inmates under. Um, and, you know, fortunately there's these, you know, these unique systems and this great group of administrators that, that have helped with that. But, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's no fun, man. It's, it's, I can't he, imagine. he, he was, he, he was upset today. Um, you know, talking about the, the, you know, the guards looking through his, his legal mail, like that's supposed to be covered by the bill of rights, you know? Hmm. Um, but you know, they, 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 they get so much immunity. Um, and it, it's unfortunate. 
Right. That's crazy. Well, hey, thank you for updating me. I, I was curious of of what happened with that and everything. I hope he's, you know, all right. And he can, you know, I'm curious to see if you're going to get this, hopefully, you know, new, new sentencing and new trial and stuff like that, man. I, I think it's, you know, I, I, the question is to us, the question is when, you know, we've seen, right. we've seen so much. Um, we, we, y'all don't, the public doesn't know. Um, we've actually filed a lot of it in a sealed motion with the court. Um, and so it's, it's going to come out, um, you know, as these things progress through the court system, because that's what's most important. Uh, you know, the judge, the judge needs to take a look at it and make hard decisions. He was there for the first time um, while the federal government was kind of running up the score because, right. yeah, it was, it was, it was a series of, it was an NFL team versus a high school team or, yeah, or a JV team. Yeah. And, you know, now Joe's called in, you know, an all pro team. Right. And we're going to see what, see what the score is next time. Yeah. I'm curious, man. Well, where can people find you and stuff like that? And if you want to shout out anything like, you know, as far yeah. as updates. Yeah. You know, social media, I'm either John Phillips ask ESQ, which I think is, is, uh, you know, like, like Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter is John at John Phillips. You know, we, we try to post, you know, Joe updates, uh, Joe is usually at Joe hashtag exotic. Um, we still got to get him verified for some reason. <laughs> He's having a hard time getting verified. Um, Jesus. Social media, man. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, Joe's book is out. You know, here's another plug. You can buy Joe's, Joe's book, give it for a Christmas gift. Um, whether, whether gag or real, it's, it's, it's a good read. I read it on the plane to visit Joe this, this, this last week. Um, you know, but it's, it's keeping things in mind. Again, if, 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 if nothing else take away, let's, let's figure out life in moderation. Um, and, you know, kind of give people the benefit of the doubt and, and, and realize there's two sides to every store and we probably need to hear more facts before we decide it. Yeah, I agree. Don't, don't base everything off of what you see on a couple hours of a documentary. So, Hey John, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, man. My pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, man. That's another episode for the E4 Explosive Podcast. We'll see you next time. And right now they're doing a buy one, get one free, plus free shipping, the 30-day money-back guarantee, and a lifetime warranty. On top of that, you, my friends, will get 10% off of any product, of any purchase on their website by using Explicit10. Use the code Explicit10, and you'll get 10% off your entire purchase from BravoConcealment.com.